0: The Palmer House Hilton sits on that great State Street in Chicago. It's an ode to the glitz and glamour of the Gilded Age, with Art Deco murals, grand staircases and candelabras lighting passageways. Though Hilton runs the hotel, the building itself is owned by a group called Thor Equities. It's a real estate investment trust that bought the historic building for $230 million in 2005. Thor spent more than $100 million on renovations to restore the hotel to its 1920s glory. But since March, the hotel's some 1,640 rooms, which are normally priced around $200 a night, well, they've been empty. Business travelers no longer linger at the lobby bar. There are no weddings in the ballrooms. And with revenues of the Palmer Hotel severely hit, in April, the building's owner said it couldn't make its mortgage payment. Uh. This is Behind the Money. I'm Amy Keene. When Thor missed this mortgage payment, it set off a chain of events that sent the fallout of the pandemic that was happening in the real economy slowly seeping into the financial sector itself. In the commercial mortgage-backed securities market, to be precise. Now, lockdowns may be starting to lift in some areas, but investors are trying to manage an uncertain recovery in the buildings and hotels that underpin these deals. On this episode, we're looking at what coronavirus has meant for commercial real estate and the trillion-dollar CMBS market that centres on these buildings.
2: The size of the CMBS market now, it's not insignificant. It's around $1.2 trillion. To give some sort of comparison, that puts it roughly in line with the size of the high-yield bond market or with the leveraged loan market.
0: That's Joe Renison. He covers U.S. markets for the FT.
2: The CNBS market is integral to the ability for commercial mortgage issuance to exist. It's the engine that powers the ability for banks to lend money to commercial property owners. Without it, either banks would be forced to sell piecemeal individual loans on to investors, or they would have to just hold them on their own balance sheet, which banks are very unwilling to do because they have, especially since the financial crisis, taken their role as agent much more seriously rather than taking principal risk.
3: The world's financial system teetered on the edge again last week, and anyone with more than a passing interest in their shrinking 401k knows it's because of a global credit
2: crisis. We all know the story in 2008 that given the loose lending standards on these mortgages once you know we sort of hit an economic downturn people stopped paying that then sort of filtered through to these securities.
0: So banks were bundling home loans that they'd issued and then selling these bundles or mortgage-backed securities to other investors on the secondary market. But when payments on those mortgages were late, the value of the securities themselves also dropped.
2: The idea is that losses hit the lowest rated, the riskiest tranches first and slowly as losses accumulate a bit like flood waters rising up a tower block, it starts to eat in to the tranches above and, and slowly ascending until you get up to the AAA rated tranches.
0: As the value of the underlying assets dropped, so did the price at which these securities traded, meaning losses for everyone from pension funds to insurance companies, not to mention the losses that banks and, of course, the homeowners had already incurred. Now, those were residential mortgage-backed securities. Today, we're talking about commercial mortgage-backed securities, as in hotels and malls and office buildings.
2: In principle, it's the same idea banks will originate commercial mortgages so these would be mortgages on hotels maybe it's a movie theater property maybe it's retail property something like a mall for example originate a mortgage on that property and then typically bundle that together with other commercial mortgages and then sell this kind of waterfall of bonds backed by the payments coming through on the underlying mortgages.
0: The pandemic has been the black swan event that's put those payments in jeopardy, especially for buildings that house retail and hospitality businesses, where much of the revenue is derived from the free movement of people.
2: If you think as coronavirus hits and the world goes into lockdown, People aren't making bookings at hotels, they're cancelling existing bookings at hotels, and hotels start to uh, become sort of empty. That dramatically will hit the income of hotel operators, and in turn, that's going to affect their ability to either pay their rent or to pay their mortgages.
1: 120,000, that's how many jobs are on the line in Illinois as hotels face shutdown. The impact of COVID-19 on the industry is worse than 9-11 and the 2008
2: recession combined.
0: Which brings us back to the Palmer House Hilton with its lights off and its doors shut since March.
2: The Palmer House Hilton loan, that one uh, sort of first went unpaid. Um, in April and was has been transferred to special servicing and he's kind of working through that process at the moment. The special
0: servicer is a third party and they'll determine if the loan can be salvaged and brought up to
2: date. And that's kind of indicative of what a lot of these loans are kind of going through. They've missed a payment, that payment then hasn't been paid for 30 days, they've turned delinquent. Those loans have transferred to a third party to try and Figure out the best course of action, whether that be giving a sort of extended grace period to the borrower to hopefully be able to emerge from this crisis and start repaying that loan again. Obviously, for investors, they want to get their money and they want to maximize the possibility of doing that.
0: Or if the loan can't be salvaged, the property might be repossessed.
3: It's really crazy because we just came off the best year that we ever had.
0: David Stern is the president of Townhouse Partners. It's a commercial real estate consulting firm. He advises lenders like banks issuing loans that are then packaged into what makes up commercial mortgage backed securities.
3: They'll say to me, hey, Dave, we want to make a loan on this uh, office tower. We want to make a $300 million loan on this. And they said, your job is tell us if this asset could support this loan. So we look at, are the revenues as they say, are the expenses as they say? And we kind of put a, a good and the bad and the ugly scenario together and make projections on how we think the asset is going to perform.
0: Those projections mean asking several questions about the market.
3: We certainly look to its competitive nature Who are the hotels that this competes with? We look in the market. Are there any new hotels being built? Are there any new hotels being repositioned? We look at the strength of the people who would go to the hotels. What's the corporate nature?
0: So, in March, when things started to turn and lockdown changed the outlook of almost all sectors of the economy, the work that David did changed as well.
3: We started off the year strong, seeing all types of assets. Come March, we were working on many hotels who were working with the lenders in terms of helping them finance it. And those deals immediately went to, as, as they say, pencils down. Unfortunately, hotels and then thereafter, some retail became very, very difficult to finance.
0: With no sign of a quick return to normal, it's hard for investors to see how these loans are going to get paid. David says his team is doing a lot of work reevaluating the financial position of those assets tied to existing
3: loans. We update some of the market assumptions and forecast where we think the cash flows are going to be for a given period. And then the lender or whomever will take this and make decisions in terms of how they want to proceed with the asset? Is it something that they want to work with the owner to try to work it out? Do they want to foreclose on it?
0: Now, to recall a previous metaphor, this is where the waterfall begins. If you look at hotel properties across the U.S., in March, almost all of those involved in CMBS deals were up-to-date on payments, 96% of them to be precise. That changed in April, a few weeks into the lockdowns in several states. Here's Joe again.
2: Uh, what we did see was that roughly 24% of hotel properties in CMBS deals had late payments or weren't up to date on their payments, which is quite a sort of significant uptick. And retail was the other area in which we saw a lot of borrowers unable to make that April payment. That then. Sort of ramped up higher in May and uh, in June, where you know we started to see loans transferring over from that 30 day grace period into actually being delinquent. So, across all of the commercial mortgage backed securities out there in the US, that rate of delinquency tripled. A little bit of data has started to come through for June as well because that data starts to come through in the middle of the month. And again, we're seeing another sizable uptick for June.
0: Noah Schaefer has seen what this looks like from the other end. And instead of dealing with hotels, he specializes in retail properties. He works in the net lease industry and manages the relationship between his clients, which are the landlords, and their tenants. Now, he said that tenants responded to the lockdown in a few different ways.
1: There are some who came, you know, two to three weeks in advance of of their next rent payment and said, hey, we're having a hard time. Here's the situation at uh, this property and across the company. Are you able to help us? Um, And in some cases we are, and in some we're not. But in others, uh, there simply wasn't a rent payment made. And that's a very different dialogue.
0: Now that the crisis is several months in, landlords are asking a different question.
1: For landlords, uh, it's now a question of are these rent deferrals and abatements that we were negotiating back in March and April, are the tenants going to have the cash to pay those on the normal schedule, which is coming up anywhere from August through the end of 2021? So that's our our question at this point. Who's going to be able to pay?
0: Even as some parts of the economy reopen, the long-term damage to some of these businesses pose a question that Noah is trying to help his clients answer. Will these tenants be able to pay rent and when? For now, he's helping his clients put non-paying tenants on formal notice.
1: We haven't got to an eviction level yet yet. But we are starting to see that open up in in some of the markets around the country uh, where landlords are are moving to evict some of their tenants. And whether that's posturing or whether they really intend to, you know, will kind of be worked out in the coming months.
0: And this is where we get back to CMBS. Before the pandemic, CMBS offered competitive loan structures for long-term debt. But NOAA says the market's going to change.
1: It's going to be hard for some of these properties to either refinance uh, or just obtain debt in general uh, for an acquisition. So that'll affect pricing. Um, the leverage ratios across the board. We were seeing you know 60 to 75 percent before COVID-19 had its impact on on the uh, entire market. Uh, now we're seeing levels closer to 50 so it's requiring more capital up front uh, and they really are paying close attention to who is is sponsoring and taking the lead on every transaction how well capitalized they are and and their experience in the industry as well um, but there are other sources of debt it's just going to be harder to get some of these transactions financed um, especially if they've lost a significant portion of their rental income uh, due to the shutdowns of and and bankruptcies of, of retailers or hotels in general.
0: In the meantime, the commercial real estate story today is a bit similar to what we've seen elsewhere during the pandemic, that what's happening in the real economy doesn't always show up the same way in markets. The FT's John Dizzard recently pointed this out in a column. He said that while hotels and building owners are struggling to make rent, the financial markets are telling a different story. After trading lower in the early days of the crisis, higher rated bonds that were backed by these properties are now way up. Now, that's helped in part by reassurances from the Federal Reserve. But the question I put to Joe is, what happens if tenants keep deferring rent, if mortgages continue to go unpaid?
2: this is really a unprecedented situation and not to overuse that word as it perhaps has been but the idea that these properties have just been unused effectively for now you know 2 months over 2 months is not in anyone's sort of forecasts no one plans for that really no one expects that to happen and so the concern is that there's just this plugging of income for all of these mortgage borrowers and that that's not kind of built into the existing protections that exist for debt holders in CMBS deals. So you're starting to get to the universe of loans that have been affected by the coronavirus outbreak and the lockdowns and the lack of revenue kind of coming into all of these properties that rely on people being able to move freely out of their homes. So, as kind of economies open up again uh, and people do start to leave their homes, the question is really how quickly normality returns for businesses like hotels or malls, you know, stores, things like that, and whether people will be quick to go back to life as normal or whether there will still be this hesitancy, even after the rules have lifted, to go into sort of densely populated areas. Most of the analysts and investors I speak to, that seems to be the fear. And so the universe of loans that are now affected, the possibility for them to kind of recoup revenues and to kind of come back becomes more and more doubtful the longer this stress and this strain continues.
0: You can read more of Joe's reporting and that of our global markets team at FT.com. This episode was produced by Oluwakemi Aladisui. We'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks.